0: Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to talk about non-dual non-resistance. I'm going to begin by talking about non-violence. I became a pacifist in 1968 as a result of reading the Sermon on the Mount. It seemed clear to me that Jesus advocated an ethic of non-violence. The people I was reading at the time, Albert Schweitzer, Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King, and a few years later, John Howard Yoder, agreed with my interpretation. I did not understand at the time why all Christians who professed to follow Jesus were not pacifists. My ethical stance was researched enough and documented well enough to earn me conscience objector status in 1971 during the Vietnam War. I remained a pacifist for 27 years until I came face to face with a toll of gun violence in November of 1995. In that month, three children who were part of my church and my Sunday School in Massachusetts were murdered by their mother's ex-boyfriend. They were executed by shots to the head They were ages fifteen, twelve, and 9 A fourth child, 13 years old, somehow survived a wound to the head and escaped by jumping out a window While preparing the triple funeral for these children in my church I knew that if I had been present at the time of the shooting I would have done anything to stop the murder, including taking the life of the shooter if necessary or die trying. I knew that love demanded that I protect those children. I realized then I was not the pacifist that I thought I was. Much more recently, this January, January 6th, 2021, The attack on Congress has made me look at the subject yet again. When I watched that attack happen on TV, I realized that my country had changed. And then further action since January in various states reveal that the values that this country was founded upon are under attack from within. The country is in danger from authoritarians who care more about winning at any cost than they do democracy. So I began to ponder how far I would go to protect our freedoms. Even though I am far beyond the age of a soldier, it made me look again at the issues that I faced when I was a young man. The difference is that now I am looking at the at them from the perspective of Christ's teaching of non-dual reality, which he called the Kingdom of God. I'm coming back to the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Let me read them for you. He said, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to see you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Now I think that Jesus was not advocating the type of nonviolent resistance that Gandhi and King made famous in their campaigns. For national independence in India and civil rights in America, Jesus was not instructing his followers to use nonviolence as an alternative strategy to accomplish their goals and resist evil. Listen to him carefully and you see that he is saying not to resist evil. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that you resist not evil. From a dualistic perspective, good versus evil, that makes no sense. It feels like cooperation with evil. But within non-duality, it makes perfect sense. Jesus is not talking about non-violent resistance. He's talking about non-resistance. That is seen in the examples he gives. He used the example of a person slapping you on the cheek. This is not to be understood as a violent attack. He's not describing a boxing match, but a personal insult. If he wanted to address violence, he would have used an example like being struck with a weapon, a knife or sword or spear or club or some other weapon. Jesus was talking about being slapped in the face, which was an insult in that culture. So this is about an insult to the ego, not injury to the body. Same with the other examples that he uses. He talks about someone suing you in a court of law to take away your tunic as a payment for debt. He's addressing one's attitude toward money and possessions. That's emphasized by by him saying, give to him who asks you, From him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. And then he gives the example of a Roman soldier who compels a person in an occupied territory like Judea to carry his pack one mile. He instructs his disciples to carry the pack two miles instead. Once again, this is very different than Gandhi's or King's strategy of non-cooperation. The Sermon on the Mount is not a handbook for nonviolent resistance. It is teaching how we are to express non dual reality in our lives by non resistance. Jesus is describing how a person responds to difficult circumstances as an expression of non dual awareness. First, he is saying that we do not respond as egos we respond as egolessness. The proverbial slap on the cheek was an insult in that culture, and it demanded a defense of one's honor. Jesus says that the person who is awake to and aware of the Kingdom of God does not care about insults to ego. He's saying, let it go, let it come, and let it go, it doesn't matter. Recently we were entertaining some people in our home. I can't identify them more than that. One of the people insulted me twice during the visit. Once again, I won't say who or how. My psychological defenses went up. I felt angry. I wanted to defend my honor and my self-respect. I had the urge to retaliate, but I did not. But, I was thinking about her for hours after they left and I spoke to my wife about my feelings. I found myself thinking about it later in bed as I was trying to go to sleep. That doesn't help you go to sleep. So I decided then that I would meditate upon it in the morning so I could sleep and I did have a good night's sleep. The next day. I meditated upon this, it became clear that my ego was bruised, it was feeling threatened and wanted to threaten in return, or at least protect myself and prevent further injury to my pride in the future. As I meditated upon the incidents, it became clear that the insults were actually a good thing, spiritually speaking. They exposed the presence and the strength and the deceitfulness of the ego so it could be dealt with so something bad was turned to something good jesus advice to turn the other cheek is the way to turn something bad to good when one turns the other cheek and allows the ego to be crucified to die at least begin the process of dying, thereby lose its hold over us, over our behavior. Jesus' examples are ways that can be used to be detached from ego. They help us to be unattached to possessions as well, for possessions are simply extensions of our ego. Jesus calls this non-resistance. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, not to resist an evil person. In non-resistance, we see evil for what it is. Evil feeds on resistance. That's the only way it can maintain its existence. Evil prompts evil in us in the form of retaliation and revenge. If it does that, then it wins. It has seeded itself in our souls. Turning the other cheek breaks the cycle and deprives evil and violence of its hold on our lives. The yin-yang symbol represents this. Good and evil are present. We can see good and evil either as in a battle or in a dance. Good and evil ebb and flow in a sort of cosmic dance of opposites in the yin yang we can get caught up and sucked into that whirlpool of duality. Non-dual awareness sees that good and evil are part of a greater whole, doing a dance called history and personal existence. The only way to be one With the whole is to let it flow. The opening scene of the Bhagavad Gita comes to mind and addresses the issue of nonviolence. Arjuna, the main character, is lined up on the battlefield and is about to go into battle when he notices members of his extended family among the enemy army that's lined up against him. For that reason, he is hesitant to fight and he enters into a conversation with his charioteer to resolve this moral dilemma. His chariot driver is actually the god Krishna in disguise. In the rest of the Gita, Krishna shows him the bigger picture and convinces him to fulfill his duty and to go into battle. The battle is all part of a greater story. I see the non-dual one as the greater story, the bigger picture. This is the teaching of both the Bible and the Gita. Especially when you take the Bible as a whole. The pacifism of my youth was about taking sides. I saw myself on the side of the angels, of the side of good, fighting against evil. I still see good and evil in the world, but now I also see the bigger picture. We play our roles in the world, siding with good against evil, but in a selfless and egoless manner, for in fact, we are the whole. The whole drama of human history is taking place within this space, which is non-dual reality which is our true nature. This is Christian non-duality. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com.